this isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. I went to Vegas last weekend. Pretty crazy. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Why don't you give me half the money you were gonna bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. Some guys just can't handle Vegas. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 27 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm happy to be your host for this podcast adventure to one of my favorite cities on the planet, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. My special guest for this episode of the show is Christina Ellis. Christina is the director of marketing for Ellis Island Casino and Brewery and Village Pubs in Las Vegas. Located a block off the strip on Coval Lane, just south of Flamingo Road, Ellis Island is easily one of the coolest spots in Vegas and a favorite for both locals and tourists alike. A landmark in one form or another for over 50 years, Ellis Island is unique in Las Vegas in that it's family owned and operated. And in being so, they've been able to keep it about the customer. Whether that means keeping low limit blackjack with 3-2 payouts in the casino, hosting the number one karaoke night in Vegas, or being able to offer amazing food and beverage deals like $16.99 prime rib and $2.50 pints of beer, which, by the way, are brewed in their own on-site brewery. And as I've mentioned in a couple of my trip reports, I've had awesome experiences with Ellis Island, and I've always been blown away by the quality of the food I've had, as well as the value. So when the opportunity to chat with Christina came up, I jumped at the chance. We talked about the history of Ellis Island, the challenges of working with your family, how Ellis Island has survived the ebbs and flows of the Vegas economy, and their plans for the future. Oh, and she introduced me to a beverage that's likely going to be my ruination on my next trip to Vegas. Please enjoy my conversation with Christina Ellis. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to chat with me. I know uh, I can't imagine that your life is is not busy and not full of constant excitement. So I appreciate you being able to uh, to slide me in here today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Things like this are my favorite part of my job. So I'm always happy to hop on a, on a call. Awesome. Well, let's, um, let's start a little bit. First of all, I just, I want to say like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Ellis Island. I know it's one of those places that, um, is, is kind of, you know, it's a little bit off the beaten path. Um, and I was introduced to it by, by locals who I'm sure, um, you know, that's kind of probably a common story amongst a lot of folks that come to Vegas is that they were introduced to it by locals. I'm a huge fan of the place. I love the atmosphere. I love the food. I love, I, I love the fact that, that it's, you know, kind of off the beaten path and away from the big crowd. So I, I just, I want to get the fanboying out of the way first. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yes. Now, now I, uh, I know exactly where your head is at. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a little bit. Let's talk about the history and the beginnings of, of Ellis Island and, and where it all sort of started. Yeah, absolutely. So my grandpa, Frank Ellis, started Ellis Island in 1968. Um, the original name was The Village Pub. And it was really that. It was a locals pub. It was in kind of like a little strip mall that had like a hair salon, a liquor store, and then this pub that became very popular among locals. So not very different than it was and has been for years and years. Um, and when it first started, it was tiny. There were only like two things on the menu, you know, a bowl of chili and a ham sandwich. <laughs> and so 
my dad grew up in the business and, you know, he always says that of all of his siblings, he was like the only dummy that fell in love with food and beverage. So he knew pretty early in his life that this is what he wanted to do. Like he ended up buying the, the bar from his dad and then slowly started expanding. So he got his gaming license in 89. So then we could start, he started adding the casino. Then the brewery came, the pit came. It just slowly started expanding into the footprint of what Ellis Island is today. And our mission, like the mission of, of the, the spot since the very beginning was, you know, take care of locals, take care of, of the people that are there, you know? And I, and I think that that's probably why we, have been able to kind of maintain that like old Vegas vibe one, because, you know, we are old Vegas. We just celebrated our 50th uh, anniversary last year. And two, because we haven't really changed our goals since then, you know, it's just to make sure people are coming in, getting the most bang for your buck and having the best time possible. Um, so yeah, so we, anyway, back to the story, <laughs> we changed the name to Ellis Island in 85. Um, and then it just started expanding. We added the hotel most recently in 2014. So now we have Ellis Island hotel and the, you know, casino brewery, soon to be beer garden, all these fun things. Um, and then we also something that not everybody knows, especially not people who are not from Las Vegas is we started opening up a strand of small taverns around Las Vegas called the village pub to pay homage to the original location. Well, very cool. And, and I didn't realize that the hotel was that new. Yeah. So the, the hotel in structure had been there since um, the late 80s, just because to have the type of license you ha we have at Ellis Island, it has to be connected to hotel rooms of some sort. And so it was a super eight for years and years. And then, yes, in 2014, we acquired the hotel. And then I think about it was a two year Two years after that, we rebranded it Ellis Island Hotel, have gutted and redone every hotel room, um, this like wonderful undertaking of renovating a hotel. And so now we have a fully branded little our resort property just off the strip. Very cool. Now, of course, you mentioned this is it's a family run business and has been since the beginning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your first job was working at Ellis Island or at the Village Pub, I assume? <laughs> Yes, my first job, I was 12 years old and it was summer vacation. And I remember so distinctly, I was like sitting in my dad's office at home and I said that I was bored. And then my dad brought home a uniform for me the next day to start as a hostess in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I got in early and then every summer vacation, I like loved working. It, I mean, it was so fun. It was like such a unique experience. I'm sure I was the only 12 year old working in a casino, I think during the summer. Um, so yeah, I would work every summer in a different department. So I was in the restaurant for a little bit. I worked in accounting and human resources in marketing and would just kind of float around to learn everything that I could from, from a very young age. So the moral of the story for any, uh, 12 year olds listening, don't tell your dad <laughs> you're bored on summer vacation. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe do, and it'll, you know, get you a, a career in the family business. <laughs> exactly. Now, did you always want to be involved in the family business, or did you have other other big ideas for yourself? Uh, so, I, so I always knew that I wanted to be involved, and, you know, I, I left Vegas to go to school, and I actually was, like, a fine art student in school, so there were, like, a couple moments where I was like, oh, man, what if I really pursued my, like, you know, graphic design 
passion that I, which is what I was studying. Um, but then after I graduated, moved home and started working, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. This is so fun. And it's, I, I have really not second guessed it ever since. Now the big question, of course, working with family, um, <laughs> is that challenging at times? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's definitely provides its own set of unique challenges. Um, for example, like it's rare, I'm sure at other places that you'll walk in into a meeting with your boss and they'll ask you like, Hey, I saw that like your lawn's kind of getting brown. Like, why aren't you calling you like getting, you know, bringing stuff from my personal life into it. I'm like, dad, please. Can we talk about our marketing meeting? (laughs) You know, it provides its own set of unique, uh, challenges, but it's, it's also great. Like every, Sunday night, we have family dinner at my parents' house. It's like a mandatory thing. And we talked about Ellis Island at the dinner table. And and we grew up sitting around the dinner table talking about Ellis Island and Las Vegas and business and and the future of the city and and all these things. So it's it's like part of our – it's part of my – family dynamic to be in the family business. So I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I was just going to ask if, if you guys try to keep your, you know, the work life separate from your family life and whether or not you guys, you know, whether that work talk does creep into, into family gatherings and such. Yes, there is no, um, there's very little barrier, which makes sense. I mean, we all sit at work all day and we're always, I'm always thinking about Ellis Island. It's always top of mind and it's the same for all my family members. So yeah, we we talk about work at the dinner table pretty often. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get tired of that though? Do you ever sit around thinking, "Man, I just I I really wish they'd ask me about family or about my my what I've got going on outside of work." We we talk about that enough too. Sometimes I'm like, "Okay, you're getting too into my own life. Let's talk about like let's go back to work." <laughs> Um, I want to talk about, you know, how Ellis Island has kind of, you know, positioned itself in Las Vegas, particularly um, over the last several years, you know, Las Vegas has really seen some ups, some downs, some some crashes in the real estate market and and, you know, issues with the economy. How have you guys sort of, you know, taken on those challenges and managed to to survive? Have have there been issues? Have you guys seen the same sort of problems that other businesses in Las Vegas have seen? Yeah, of course. I mean, with the economy, you know, crashing a, a few years back, of course, we had like our our share of, of problems and and the best thing that we did and that we continue to do is providing that value for for people who are visiting town. You know, we we I would say whether you are staying at the nicest hotel in the strip or you're staying at, you know, a little motel when you come to town, you are looking for a value. Like everybody loves a value. And the fact that you can go to Ellis Island and get a steak for $7.99, like that's objectively an amazing deal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we do our best to to provide people with that value. And that really has helped us and, and really helped us, you know, keep our, our name in front of people. And, you know, like you said, a local introduced you to Ellis Island. And now I think when people are coming to Vegas and looking for things to do, they want to do those, like you said, off the beaten path kind of things and go where the locals go. And it's because of that, that especially over a few years, 
past few years with people doing more research before they come and looking for the best deal that they can find, but also looking for the most fun deal that they can find. Um, that is kind of how we've positioned ourselves to be part of that Vegas experience, even if you're a tourist coming to town once a year. So I guess the other big question then is, you know, there's there's so much going on in Las Vegas and you've got, you know, major multi-billion dollar corporations running so many of the casinos and 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 hotels now. How do you guys manage to to compete with those or or do you even consider yourself competing with those? Do you guys just kind of do your own thing and and just keep on keeping on or do you try and react to what the other guys are doing? Um I would say it's a little bit of both. You know, we aren't trying to be that corporate strip property, you know, like living here. I love it. I love going to the wonderful restaurants and events and things that they can provide me with. But at Ellis Island, we are, we are just trying to fill another, another part of the Las Vegas trip. You know, we're not trying, we're not going to, there will not be a nightclub at Ellis Island. There won't be that, you know, $80 plate on the menu at Ellis Island. Uh But, but you're going to come to Vegas, you're going to do the fun things on the strip. And then we're there to kind of like give you a hug and take care of you when you need a $6.99 steak and eggs or (laughs) a $2.50 beer. We're, we're there to like help you out when, (laughs) when you're done with all the fancy stuff, we're there to, to, to be the, the, the spot you want to run around and tell people about because it's like the best kept secret you can't stop talking about. I love that. I absolutely love it. And and I mean, you guys do have some, you know, you've picked up some awards over the last, you know, several years with Best of Vegas, you know, all kinds of different awards. One of those things, of course, is the karaoke. You guys are famous for your karaoke. You're one of the only karaoke places in Vegas, which surprises me. I would have thought that that would have been Vegas would be rife with karaoke places. But you guys have got one of the only ones and probably the best one. Yeah, we, the karaoke lounge is so wonderful. I love hearing people's stories. You know, I have, a, I've had friends where I'll, I'll meet them at like for the first time and they'll say, Oh my gosh, I've been kicked out of Ellis Island karaoke so many times, so many times. It's just this, this fun place where people love to go have a good time, sing. And yeah, one of the first we've started the karaoke lounge in the late nineties. So definitely coming up on what would that be? 30 years almost of, of karaoke. No, 19, so, the nineties were like five years ago, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> third one, I think they were. Yeah. But, Stop making <laughs> me feel old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. So karaoke is so fun and, and something that people love. And another one of those things where it's like, Oh my goodness, I can go sing karaoke just off the strip. How fun to to go and and do something like that where you never know who's going to walk in it's, it could be an entertainer off the strip that just got got off of work or somebody who's like a horrible singer but thinks that they're like the next american idol so <laughs> a large spectrum which adds to the fun what's um i i mean we talked a little bit we touched briefly on some of the challenges that you know competing with the other hotels and such and and the rest of you know the big boys in las vegas what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced over the last few years um that's a great question i mean we are always trying to i mean the name of the game is just like always getting new people in the door right whether they are tourists locals people who have been, who have come to see us before people who've never even heard of us. Um, so, and, and a lot of that is just like 
through through advertising, trying to get new you know people to new people to hear about us. Because when you think about the the influx of people coming through Vegas every day, every week, every year, um, we have been a locals place for a long, long time. And somewhere along the way, the the switch kind of flipped, and we became a place that that people who are traveling here like to come to as well. So with that kind of shift in our demo, you know, we are the place where we're going to treat you like you are local, even if you are a tourist. And so we're always trying to introducing ourselves to new audiences, which is wonderful. And, and especially if you look at the, the way that other, other larger casinos are positioning themselves. I mean, we aren't, doing entire campaigns in LA or Phoenix or other places to get people to come to see us. We're kind of like getting something your bartender is going to tell you about from the strip. Like, Oh, where are you going next? You guys should go to Ellis Island or your Uber driver is going to tell you, Oh, go, you know, go to Ellis Island. So just keeping that word of mouth going, which, um, is, is like always our biggest thing is we want when, when people leave Ellis Island, whether it's your first or a hundredth time being there, that you want to keep talking about us as soon as you leave. So then we can keep that, you know, kind of not traceable type of marketing word of mouth, um, going and, and, and being as great for us as possible. Do you think that there's a bit of a reluctance among tourists to go off the strip for, for whatever reason, whether they think there's a, I don't know, they think there's a safety issue or, or they're, they're worried about going off the strip. Um, I think that for a lot of people, especially if it's their first time visiting places off the strip, there is a little bit of reluctance. But um, one thing that has been so wonderful is, are those the visitor sites like Yelp, like TripAdvisor, et cetera, et cetera, because people who are hesitant are also so likely and so willing to, ask questions on those sites. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm visiting with a friend. Is it safe to, to go off, off the strip to go to Koval? And most people will chime and be like, of course, yeah, go. Or with transportation, it's, it's so easy to get around the town now. So, and I think that that's why places off the strip are, are doing so great. And, and downtown is doing so great because you can hop in an Uber and, and be anywhere in, you know, 15 minutes if you need to, or if you're going to Ellis Island, just less than five minutes to get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I think too, sometimes like I, I'll be honest, I didn't realize how close to the strip Ellis Island actually was um, uh-huh. I, until my last trip, I was staying at Bally's and I had a, a room that actually looked out the backside and I looked and went, Oh, there it is right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I know where I'm going for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a lot of um, like, education, I guess, you know, people, people don't know what they're missing if they don't come to Ellis Island, right? It's just trying to get in front of new faces and introduce them to the little amenity that we have that's going to stick, whether it's, it is the three to two blackjack or $5 tables, or if it's the karaoke or the cheap food or the microbrewery or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The cool thing is we offer a pretty wide variety of fun things that you can do and, and all equally kind of that off the beaten path thing you're not going to find on Las Vegas Boulevard for the most part. So it's trying to find that person and then hit them with the right thing that's going to get them to want to venture off the strip and come visit us. Do you think that maybe with the changes that the other major resort properties have been making, whether it's an increase in resort fees or addition of parking fees or six, five blackjack or higher limits, have you guys seen a, a, an increase in your business from people that are, are 
fed up with the strip properties or or have you gotten that feedback where people have said it's so nice that there's a, a place that's you know maintaining the affordability for for people to come to vegas absolutely i mean ellis island is old vegas right if you sit down at a slot machine you're going to get a drink if you go to the tables it's going to be three to two you're going to have that you're going to be like you know transcended to that vegas of you know whether it's 50 years ago or even 15 or 20 years ago where it was it was more about taking care of the customer and and less about the fees and and we want you to have fun right like we are in the market of providing you with that classic vegas experience and to answer your question i mean we have we have seen a lot of people who will come over because they know that we have the better odds or because we have the lower price point and things of that nature. And so as the prices on the strip get higher, it's like, come on over. We are here to, to help. We're, we're going to, we're going to make sure that, that you can still come to Vegas and have a good time. Okay. Now I want to talk about my favorite topic, food and booze. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Village pub. I love that place. I have to say, I mentioned I went there for breakfast on my last trip, you know, $4.99 for French toast. And, you know, there was a $6.99 steak and eggs special going on. I, that, that in my mind, you know, in, in the current Las Vegas is, is absolutely amazing. And I'm going to ask the question, how do you guys manage to do that? <laughs> <laughs> And still make money. That's what I'm. That's what I'm really wondering. Um, I think it's volume. We serve almost 500 steak specials or steak and eggs every day. It's a lot of people coming through the door. We have a very busy broiler, um, and so yeah, we we also have the privilege of being attached to a casino, right? So we. We are, we are having the, we have the restaurant there to get people over. And then we hope that they go and put some money in a machine. It's just that business model of come for the food, stay for the fun, then go gamble. So yes, I mean, the food is definitely our best marketing, like, and it's delicious, right? It's not like you're getting a a steak special and then you eat it and you're like, this tastes like it's $7.99. We try and get the best quality that we possibly can for the price point that we're offering. Um, and that trend, that's the steak special. That's the beer. That's $2 and 50 cents for 20 ounces. That's the chicken fried steak and, and everything at that low price point. And that's the, that's the thing that really gets people talking about, about our place. And I, I just saw the other day on Twitter, somebody tweeted, you know, I just got French toast for four ninety nine for less than I would pay for my Starbucks order. That was me that tweeted that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as I was saying that, I was like, "Wait a minute! I think I know who tweeted that." <laughs> that was me that tweeted that. I I I, I tweet know. I tweeted out a photo of the receipt, and I mean, you know, it was it was eleven dollars before a tip. I had French toast, I had a side of bacon, and I had a coffee. Meanwhile, if I go to Starbucks, yeah, my my coffee and my muffin is twelve dollars. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just the little things like that where we want. We want you to feel like you are in in old Vegas. We want you to have that low price point. And let's talk about the prime rib for a second. Oh, man. (laughs) That's my favorite topic. All I want to talk about is the prime rib. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I was introduced by uh, Kristen DeSilva, who's been on this podcast with me to talk about prime rib. I was introduced by her to your prime rib. It was like 1.30 in the morning. We (laughs) went in there. 
And I looked at the menu and without even question, Kristen looked at the waiter and pointed at me and said, he's having the prime rib. (laughs) (laughs) But did you get it as a double cut? That's the big question. Oh, God, no. God, no. (laughs) I I mean, as it is, the standard cuts as big as my face. And I mean, it was... I was showing people pictures afterwards and they were just they're looking at that and they're going, how much was that? I'm like, $16.99. What? That's insane. I just, again, I, I look at it and you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't taste like it's $16.99. Mm-hmm. That was the big thing for me is the, the, the quality is, you know, I would gladly, and this is, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I would gladly pay double that price <laughs> for that same, that same food, that same meal, because it was that good. Yeah, it's amazing. So this is a this is one of my favorite Ellis Island stories. And it's kind of an old, it happened a long time ago. So I feel like it's safe for me to tell the story. So Lowry's Prime Rib is just around the corner from Ellis Island on Flamingo, right? I'm sure you're familiar with mm-hmm. prime, famous Prime Rib. So there was one time when, and this is probably in like maybe the 80s, maybe the early 90s, I don't know. But they ran out of Prime Rib one night. So they called us and they asked us if they could if they could buy some of our prime ribs to serve in their restaurant. We're like, yeah, yeah, of course. So we like, you know, they, they come over, they get it. And so then they took all of our, you know, $16.99, probably even lower price at that point. And they went and they sold it same exact quality just down the street for probably double the price. Oh but, my God. So we know the values there. And Lori's, I'm sorry if you didn't want that story to get out. But. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. That's amazing. I love that story. I will be telling that story to other people okay. now. Perfect. You can. <laughs> um, the beer. Let's talk about the beer. You guys, when did the brewery open at Ellis Island? The addition of the brewery is probably one of my favorite things that we have at Ellis Island. And the reason that we opened a brewery in 1998 is because we're a casino. And when you're a casino, you give away a lot of free beer. And it's much easier to brew beer and cheaper to brew beer than it is to buy and sell it. So my dad being like this, he's, I mean, he's, he's great at like thinking of an amazing ideas that seem big picture. How's it going to work? So we opened a brewery at Ellis Island. And now we're voted best microbrewery year after year by Best of Las Vegas. So we've had our brewery for a while since 98. And we brew six beers full-time plus a root beer. Um, And again, they're all 250, 20 ounces. You can get them anywhere inside of Ellis Island or at any of our village publications. And you guys do seasonal beers too, right? We do. We do a couple of amazing seasonals. Right now we have it so our light our we have always have a, a seasonal which can be any kind any style. So I think right now we have a hoppy pilsner that is amazing. And then we also do seasonal dark beers. So we have a brown porter right now. Very nice. And the root beer. I've yet to have a chance to try the root beer, but I keep hearing about the root beer. Do you guys do that year round? Yes, root beer is always available and it is amazing. If you you're like, oh, well, I want to drink. I don't just want to drink a soda. Put some, you know, vanilla vodka in it. And it's like you're drinking root beer float. It's amazing. It's a great. Oh, it's just like a fun, a fun thing. Where else are you going to get a, a root beer that was brewed just feet away from where you're drinking it? I'm not going to lie to you. you. You probably telling me that you could put vanilla vodka in that root beer is the worst thing that you could have told me. You're going to have to take <laughs> me out of that place in a bucket <laughs> on my next trip. <laughs> I'll alert security to watch. I'm going to drink 19 of those things. I'm not going to lie to you. That's what, 
<laughs> why the decision to brew root beer? It just that I mean, it just seems I love it. I love the idea. And I think it's fantastic. But it just kind of seems random. Um, yeah, just something unique that we knew would be great for the restaurant because we do root beer floats in there or for people who didn't want to get a beer for maybe not like a beer drinker. Um, just something something unique that we could that we could add to our brewery. And you guys have got a huge expansion that you're working on right now. I've been working on for a, a couple of years now with the front yard. Yes. Yes. So, so recently we brought in a couple of new brewmasters and they have been like revamping and tweaking all of our existing beers on draft. And so much of that was in preparation for the front yard, which is set to open later this year. And that's going to be such a beautiful venue. It's two stories. It's two new bars, a whole new restaurant menu out there. Um, and it's indoor outdoor. So you'll have the way we've built it. You'll have no view of the street, but all the view of the strip, it'll be, you know, amazing, amazing street view from Koval looking onto Las Vegas Boulevard um, and it's indoor outdoor. So one of the few places in town you'll be able to sit, have a beer, sit outside um, and really have that like very beer gardeny, very lush, very green vibe of being, it won't even feel like, like you're on the strip except for the view. It'll feel like you're, I don't know, somewhere else, somewhere colder. Cause it's, it's climate controlled as well. So it'll always be great. <laughs> How long um, has that been in the works? How when did the construction and work start on the on the front yard? Um, so it's definitely been like a very up and down construction project. It, we started working on it probably about two years ago, um, and then construction really started for real probably in uh, about uh, December January is when it like really really the project began. Um, it's one of those projects where when we started brainstorming for it, it was a patio and now it's this giant structure and with every change comes, you know, new plans and things like that. So it has been a very long construction process, but definitely will be worth the wait. And I can't wait for everybody to be able to come see it. Do we have a, an anticipated opening date? Um, I'm going to say we're going to have our first event around Oktoberfest time. That's fantastic. I love that. Any other big plans for the uh, for the future of Ellis Island? Any other big stuff in the works that you want to share or can share? Um, yeah, we have a lot of cool things happening. We just acquired the Mount Charleston Lodge last year, um, which is, if, if you haven't been or haven't heard of it, it's about 45 minutes outside of Vegas, and it feels like you're in the forest. It's this old, beautiful A-frame building that sits in like the middle of the mountains and it's always cooler up there than it is. It gets covered in snow. So it's just like a wonderful little oasis out of just outside of town. Um, and so we have a lot of plans of renovating that and adding, you know, better kitchen, like better kitchen equipment, better restrooms, things of that nature, kind of beautifying the space, but keeping all the charm of the old school lodge that it is. Um, and then as far as Ellis Island goes, once the front yard opens, we're just, you know, always, always tweaking and, and perfecting things. We have the hotel, all the regular rooms are done, but we have some really cool suites that we're introducing. So we just finished an Elvis suite a few months ago, which is very cool, kind of like a secret little Elvisy themed suite that we offer. And then we also have a couple other themed suites in the works, which should be very fun. Um, and then, uh, you know, some new village pubs opening later this year and things like that. So we are definitely in a period of growth and like renovation right now, which has been very fun. Um, but lots of, lots of cool stuff in the works. 
Well, again, it sounds like you guys have got just so many big plans and so much going on. It's just, I love it. It's fantastic. And and again, as I mentioned earlier, but I'll just say it again, I'm so, I'm a huge fan of the place uh, and uh, it, it's it's landed very high on my list of, of places that I'll recommend to people um, when they're asking me, you know, where should I go in Las Vegas to, you know, to eat or to drink or to do stuff. It's, it's made its way, you know, up up at the top of the list now of, of my recommendations. So, you know, again, I I'm, I'm happy for all the success you guys are getting and I'm glad to see that you guys have got, you know, so much, so much growth plan and so much going on. I think it's just awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. We, it's exciting. It's an exciting time at Ellis Island for sure. And, and we're so happy that, that people like you and, and, and everybody are, you know, kind of loving what we're doing and, and happy to help us spread the word. Well, Christina, thank you so much for, uh, again, for taking the time to jump on today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If you want to know more about Ellis Island Casino and Brewery and keep up with everything they've got going on, head to their website at ellisislandcasino.com. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ellis Casino LV or like them on Facebook at Ellis Island LV. That puts a wrap on another episode of the podcast. As always, if you've got feedback on this episode or any other episode of the show, or you need ideas for your Vegas vacation of where to stay, where to eat, what to do, or what shows to see, feel free to reach out on social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Jeff Does Vegas, or you can email me directly at Jeff at WalkerNewMedia.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll be notified of new episodes as soon as they're posted. And be sure to head to JeffDoesVegas.com for past episodes and show notes. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 27 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast, a Walker New Media production. <laughs>